Okay, now we're recording. So welcome to Teach Wonder. Yes, welcome to Teach Wonder. A podcast hosted by Ashley O'Neill and Julie Cunningham. All right, so I'll go ahead and have you introduce yourself. Uh, hello, my name is Elijah Hayes. Okay, so I'm Imogen Sanders. Uh, my name is Jake Fontaine. I am a secondary ed math major with a minor in psychology. And I've been a STEM ed scholar since the fall of 2020. Yeah, fall of 2020. That sounds right. Yep, yeah. so... On this podcast, we've shared interviews with educators and professionals across the board, different in terms of focuses, passions, expertise, and experience. On this week's episode, we're sharing interviews with educators who bring a different asset to the show. They are the future. They're the education students who are walking across the stage in a cap and gown in the next few years, who are filling out applications and writing resumes to work in the schools in our community. They're the adults who choose to be your colleague, your child's teacher, or an invaluable part of your community. When Julie sat down to talk with these future teachers, we got a bit of insight into how their experiences have shaped them so far. No, my first semester was all, so all online. Your first semester was. So this yes. is your first semester this that you've been one. like in yeah. person entirely. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I think that makes a big difference for people who started at that time period because we weren't doing anything quote-unquote normal then. Mm-hmm. It was like... It wasn't like what I was expecting, especially coming in and touring. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. This is this program. Like, even if you ask my dad, this is like what made me want to come in because this was like the first, I guess, room I kind of in was like in Central. And so that's where I'm like, I have to go to Central because I've always been really into STEM. Like, high school, I was on the robotics team my whole high school career and stuff like that. And I've always just had an interest. So coming and then having my first semester just be all online and not being able to interact, but it's now that I'm in the classroom, I'm with the kids, it's been so much of like a better experience. It was just like a bunch of online field trips or just, um, I didn't really know what the program was about, so just experiencing it virtually was kind of disappointing because there wasn't a ton of interaction with students. And um, But then like this year when we got to the field trips, um, it became a lot more exciting. Like, And I kind of like that I can um, see both ways. So I was able to see how to do it online in case I ever have to teach like that. In, but now I can see how to do it within the classroom. So it's been beneficial that I feel like I was in both. In addition to being full-time students and finding involvement on campus, Imogen, Jake, and Eli are part of the STEM Education Scholar Program. That's what you hear Imogen and Jake coming up reference. Scholars are able to volunteer during K-12 student programs and get informal time to interact with students, primarily in grades K-6. through um, So, Imogen, you, you, I don't know if you've been to every single Open Make this year, so just for our listeners, Open Make is a program that we run every other Wednesday night and it's always been on Wednesday nights and it's always been free for kids. It's roughly third through seventh or eighth graders, um, sometimes maybe a little bit lower if there's an interest from a student 
in terms of grade level, but we really just put out materials for students to interact with and the scholars um, sort of hang out and interact with the kids and help them do what they want to do during that time. And so it's about an hour and a half long. And I kind of think of it like most of us are familiar with open gym for sports. It's kind of, or for athletics, it's kind of that way only for the STEM, the makerspace. Like there's no, nobody has to, everybody doesn't have to be doing one thing. There's lots of things to do or to try. Um, so Imogen, I don't know if you've made every single open make, but it's probably pretty close. Um, yeah, I've been to a lot. So clearly you like that time to work with kids. So what is it that you like about the open mix? I think not. some of the times I'm not always with the students. I kind of just go off and do my own thing. There's like learned how to make a sticker from a magazine and some tape. And that was pretty cool because I've never done that before. But I also like there's a couple kids that come every single time. There's one in particular that I can think of. And I've learned so much about him and just I'm with him an hour and a half twice a month and I've learned so much about him just kind of the way he thinks and all that stuff and I find that really cool and um also how they like transition to things we I can think of one open make where she had out I think some crayons and different things and they were like coloring and then all of a sudden towards the end we were melting crayons and trying to make molds out of some play-doh and that was really cool how they took just some other activity that we were doing and turn it into a whole new learning activity so that yeah, was pretty cool that's a good point um and you're right we don't we don't always run programs in which we see the same students from week to week to week and we wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily have to be the same students in open make but the fact that a handful of the students do come back repeatedly is interesting does it allow you think to see growth with that student i have with this student i've seen him in open make and also in another one and just open make it's more kind of not educational but when the chemistry in action, he also was there. And I was able to see more of his academic thinking, which was so cool because I think at the beginning of Open Make, he was kind of shy and he didn't talk at all. And then I was with him in chemistry in action and he was just saying like all these kind of things. And I'm like, I'm a college student. And I don't even know if I know that kind of stuff. And I just, that is just so cool to me that they can just wrap their head around that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Imogen refers to seeing a student in two different contexts, open make, an informal open-ended exploration, and chemistry in action, a student-led but still more structured multi-session workshop. This was an opportunity for both Eli and Imogen to practice and reflect on interacting with students in a content-related task. A couple of times, and it wouldn't really say that much, but the... I mean, I'm, I'm obviously not sure if he still knows what was going on during that, but he completed it. And I mean, obviously, as a reflection, I need to probably reevaluate my own personal biases or thoughts and ideas a little bit more. And why, why would you say that? Because you. Eli is referencing an interaction he had with a pair of students. So in the chemistry class, they were tasked with exploring different reactions between some mystery powders to solve an investigation. Well, I think I gave them a little bit extra attention compared to the rest of them because they because the other two were going like moving along steadily, were able to 
made the connections that they, that we wanted, but I wasn't quite sure if their brains were clicking with the subject because they looked a little confused at points. And Eli was in a they, situation with a group uh, of students where he was having to make some so. judgment calls, tuning into students' outward behavior to decide if they understood the task and the content behind it. We sort of, it was easy to assume that he knew what he was doing until you asked him, did he know what he was doing? And then right. you realized that he needed he, more help than he let on. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. That's fair. But he did, he did have an idea of what was yes. going on. So that was, I at least had a baseline to work with. And that sort of surprised me as in he was obviously a little bit younger than the rest of the group. But children are a lot smarter than we sometimes that's think true. that they are. That's true. So you decided after that, part of your reflection was, I'm going to have to make some more observations Stations. before I decide yes. Yeah, what these students need. Okay, great. All of the students have specific experiences to share about interacting with students as practice for the future. I've definitely surpassed my six events just because I enjoy coming in and interacting with the kids and doing the cool stuff in the makerspace because... And it's interesting that we don't, you're a secondary ed major, but we don't do a lot. We don't have a lot of secondary students come in this space. And you seem just as comfortable with the littles at Little Stemmers as you do with any other age group that we have come in. So do you feel just as comfortable with those different age groups? Um, I guess it depends um, from like, I think just interacting with them. I do, but like if I had to teach them, I don't have those, okay. I guess those learning strat or those teaching strategies to um, I struggle with like eliciting younger kids to eliciting younger kids thinking. Okay. Um, so like when we're doing s- stuff in the makerspace, I just like to ask them questions and get to know their thought yeah. processes because um, it's just interesting. They bring a unique perspective. But I think I definitely feel um, comfortable interacting with kids that are elementary at age. Okay. For sure. Good. Imogen, Jake, and Eli were reflective of their strengths and areas to grow during these interviews. Jake admitted he feels easy camaraderie with younger students, something that we can see in our observation of his work. But he recognizes that his skills in eliciting student thinking and content are more finely tuned to secondary students. And he recognizes the difference between developing camaraderie and developing academic skills with students. Imogen noticed how different it was to engage with the same student in two different contexts and how different parts of that student's personality came out depending on the informal or more formal setting. And Eli was able to practice his observation and questioning skills to determine what type of student supports different students need. And he was able to reflect on what he learned from those interactions for the future. These three students are coming to a classroom near you soon. By sharing what future teachers sound like, how they're spending their time in preparing, this helps us to see what the future holds. Students like Eli, who recognize the importance of practicing with students. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I, I obviously really love this program as I'm going into education, and it may not be the exact uh, group of age group or age range that I'm sort of looking at going into. But in a sense, any experience is really great experience. There's no such thing as a negative experience. And students like Jake, who spend summers at camp and school lunches mentoring students. But anyways, he's um, an elementary kid, and um, I see him once a week. So um, every day we do, it's about an hour of time. And for the first part, we just 
um, talk. We just do like an introduction activity, just kind of like talk about what's going on in the week because I haven't seen him in a week. Then we, um, his teacher every day gives me some sort of academic thing to work on, um, whether it's just flashcards or some writing. We've been working on his writing a lot. Um, we work on that for 15, 20 minutes maybe. And then after that we do, um, we're supposed to do some sort of educationally based game. But um, I don't know, it just kind of depends what he wants to do. Uh, my guy, he's very, he's hard to, um, he has trouble focusing. So if he gets his homework done and we do it well, like that's a win for the day for me. And then a lot of times we'll play just games. Um, Uno, he loves checkers, um, beats me all the time. <laughs> and oh, then um, it has been nice out, but uh, when we can, we go outside just for a little bit, shoot the ball around, play um, Gaga ball, just stuff like that. So just getting him out of the classroom for an hour every week just to um, touch base and just help him get some individual work and then just kind of give him a male role model in his life. And um, so you've been doing that all year this year? Yep, yeah. yep and I'm going to do it with the same guy next year. Good. So I'll give him some consistency in his life. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure that's much appreciated. But then you also work, I know Peak isn't volunteering that you get paid yep. to do Peak, but can you, I mean, you're getting a lot of experience. So can yeah. you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I actually, like... Um, at first, so Peak is an organization, um, for those who don't know, it's like the after school program in Mount Pleasant, K through, um, what's the middle school go up to eighth? Yes. Yep. K through eighth. So, um, there's a Peak site, every elementary school, and then one at the middle school. And it's just, um, three hours where we do, um, lunch or they do snack recess. Um, and then we do academics and then enrichment time. So either a craft and, um, a game and. Originally, I thought I wanted to work with the older kids because I'm going in secondary. But then um, I got placed at one of the younger sites, which is K through second. And um, right away, I was just shocked at how much I really enjoyed it. Um, it's definitely complete one, complete 360 from I would go from observing um, a high school classroom straight to work, working with kindergartners. And it's just like the change in perspective. Just it's crazy, but it's super fun. Um, and I think it's taught me a lot about classroom management, just how to like interact with students respectfully, but also like show, like make a point that they also need to respect me as a, mm -hmm. an adult and as a teacher. So that's one of the biggest things I've learned is how to like gain those classroom management skills, but in a respectful way. And also using my coworkers as um, like together in that aspect, like supporting each other, which I, I've really enjoyed a lot. And then also just, it's made me realize like kindergarten through second graders are really fun, but um, God bless those elementary teachers because I could, like I say all the time, like I could not work with these kids for eight hours a day, but like give me three and I can give them 100% for three hours and it's it's so much fun. I really like the kids I work with. I love my coworkers and the program's super cool too. Okay. Do you do that every day? I do it uh, three days a week right now just based on classes because I can't um, Tuesday and Thursday because I have class at 3.30 yeah. and Imogen, who takes the maker spirit of figuring it out and trying new things to model soft skills for students. And I know that um, just from interacting with you a little bit when I come and go from Open Make that you also have some of your own make projects. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? And is that why Open Make you think is interesting to you or is there any correlation there? Um, probably I'm always, I've always been a crafter. My whole family is kind of like crafting and I just love, it's kind of just, I feel like just something for like me to do. I always love to have something to do. 
So currently I'm working on embroidering a sweatshirt, which I just found on a website. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'm like, I could probably make that myself. And just figuring out, I've never really sewn before and embroidered, so just figuring out how to do this kind of embroidering and stuff like that. So sometimes I take that to open make with me and that's my project. Or um, I know we've done stuff like there before, which is kind of, I guess, how I've learned a little bit of how to do that stuff. But I think there's kind of a correlation between the two. Sure. I'm impressed. I didn't know that you didn't know how to embroider before you started that. <laughs> no. Wow. Never done it before. Building respectful relationships has been a topic that Julie's been intentional about with the STEM education scholars this year. It's been a core teaching practice that we've focused on in almost every episode of Teach Wonder this season. And it is one that Jake summarizes so perfectly here when he talks about his work in an after-school program. Yeah, I think I remember I remember it was really easy, like especially working with kindergarten to second graders, like I have this age gap where I am an adult. Um, like I'm similar to some of their teachers' ages, like a few years off. But mm-hmm. um, so I re- realized like it's easy that when I'm in that power, that position of power where I can just be like, no, don't do that. And then just go straight to like five minutes off of recess or stuff like that. And just because like I can and we need to be um, make sure that they are behaving and being respectful at peak. But um, I realized like how ineffective that was. And I kind of caught myself doing it. I'm like, I need to like dishing out warnings, talk to them because maybe they're just having a rough day. And like, we need to be mindful of that, which is something we've all been working on a lot. Like when a kid's struggling, like asking them, is everything okay? Asking their teacher, reaching out to their um, school teacher, just stuff like that. I think that was one of the biggest surprises working. is like how easy it is when you have that power to just be like, nope, don't do that. Cause I say, so um, it's kind of scary, but also a really good learning experience and I'm like I'm glad I recognized it I think like um emphasizing respectful relationships here at STEM made me kind of realize like yeah the importance of that and how easy even like some of the videos we watch it would have been really easy for a teacher just to kind of shake off students when they were doing stuff but just um just continue that maintaining that respectful yeah. relationship is just super important um as teachers and I think just in general I think our personal right. lives yeah too. for sure I agree with you do you think that's made a difference then with your oh, relationship with yeah, the kids at for peak? sure. Yeah. yeah, like I would never say we had a bad relationship thing, but there were some certain ones who just every day they were acting out and I like, it was just every day. So instead of like dishing out warnings or asking them, it was kind of like, okay, five minutes off recess. I'm not dealing with it today, which like to an extent, it's okay every once in a while, but there was, sure. it's, I think it's kind of lazy and um, it's not a way to. Um, show students I respect them and it's definitely not going to get their respect for me in the way that I want it so that's yeah. definitely one of my biggest learning experiences this year undoubtedly Imogen Jake and Eli will grow and change as they complete the program and move into their own classrooms they'll continue to be shaped by the interactions they have with other students at CMU their professors experiences they have in programs like STEM education scholars and their own volunteer work once in the classroom, they'll be shaped by coworkers, school leadership, parents, and the experiences that they have with their students. But it's really exciting to hear where they are now, as interested and passionate people who are making conscious decisions to better themselves for their future. I hope that listening to these future classroom teachers makes you as excited to have them become educators as it does me. It is truly one of my greatest pleasures in my position to see their growth from year to year. 
And finally, I would like to recognize that these three undergraduates represent a much larger cohort of hardworking future teachers. And that's a wrap on season two. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this season as much as we've enjoyed making it. We'll be back in your ears a few times this summer with some special projects, but we'll be spending most of our time preparing for season three, which also means that we want to hear from you. Are there topics that you're interested in hearing about, teachers or professionals that you'd like us to talk to? Let us know. You can email us at cease at cmich.edu. That's C-E-S-E at C-M-I-C-H dot E-D-U with all of your topics, questions, and ideas. Season three will be back in September. If you've liked or subscribed to our podcast on your favorite app, don't worry, it'll download directly to your device. If you're listening directly from a link on social media or on our website, Check us out on Apple, Spotify, Google, or most other podcast apps to make sure you don't miss out. Teach Wonder is brought to you by the Center for Excellence in STEM Education at CMU.